Colossians 1, 9 to 12. Uh, Let's go ahead and read it. So we have not stopped praying for you since we first heard about you. We ask God to give you complete knowledge of his will and to give you spiritual wisdom and understanding. Then the way you live will always honor and please the Lord and your lives will produce every kind of good fruit. All the while you will grow as you learn to know God better and better. We also pray that you will be strengthened with all His glorious power, so you will have all the endurance and patience you need. May you be filled with joy. Father, I thank you, God, for for your faithfulness and for your grace and how you lead us um, onto the right path. Sometimes we're stumbling along on a path that really isn't where you want us to be. So I'm grateful, Lord, that you are so faithful to lead us onto the right path. And I just pray this morning as, as we uh, share from your word this morning that it would, uh, it would accomplish what you want it to accomplish this morning. That the purpose that you have brought this word to my heart certainly has blessed me in the process of, of study and preparation. Uh, but I, I just pray, God, that that it would accomplish your purpose this morning. You have a plan and purpose for this service. And I, I just want to say to you, thank you, Lord, for the opportunity that you've given to me to be a part of this house, to minister in this house. And uh, it's an awesome privilege and a great responsibility. And I just pray you will bless our time together with your word this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, New Living Translation, we have not stopped praying for you that you would be strengthened with all his glorious power so you will have all the endurance and patience you need. NIV says, being strengthened, we've not stopped praying for you, um, that you will be strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, so that you might have endurance and patience. Um, the first word, that this is another aspect where Paul is saying, I'm praying for you, okay? And, and he's praying something specific here. I'm praying for you that you'd be strengthened. The word strengthened here is a derivative of, of, of the word dunamis. It's dunamuo. I know a little Greek. Her name, name was Mrs. Asimakopoulos. You know? <laughs> you know? um, but, but word studies are important, and, and so I, I see that as a part of kind of unpacking all of this. Um, it it's, it's really comes from the same root that we see in Acts chapter 1. You, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit uh, comes upon you. And so... Paul prayed that they would be strengthened, that they would be enabled and confirmed and strengthened with inherent power, power that is from within. Okay? Power that is from within. It, as we know, the word power here, you know, is, is of course, where we get the word dynamite, dunamis, uh, force, strength, miraculous power, really, in the context of Scripture. And, and Paul is obviously talking about the Holy Spirit coming upon these people 
to give them strength. Okay? To give them strength. Ephesians, Ephesians chapter, um, chapter 3, we see Paul saying these words in verse 16. I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make His home in your hearts as you trust in Him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide and long and high, high and deep His love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Now all glory to God who is able through His mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Glory to Him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all the generations forever and ever. And amen. So, so here, Paul again, Ephesians 3, he's saying exactly the same thing. He said, I'm praying that you would be strengthened by the power of God. Alright? By the dunamis of God. By the inherent power of God that, that, that God pours within you that enables you. Alright? Miraculous power and strength comes from that and God then accomplishes in us, working within us, and then accomplishes through us far more than we could ask or even think according to the power. Okay? According to the power that works within us. So, so, so Paul here is saying, hey, you know, the power of the Holy Spirit is more than spiritual language. Huh? Weeks ago? The power, it, it is the strength of the Holy Spirit who enables you to be what God wants you to be and then do what God wants you to do. All right. So, so Paul now stacks on top of this concept that we are strengthened, pray that that you would be strengthened with His divine power. That's a different word than Greek. Kratos. It's not, it's not dunamis. It's kratos. And, and, and this, is, this is an interesting word because, because the first kind of power is the power within. Dunamis. It is inherent power. It's power within you. Kratos is, is, is manifested power. Okay? Manifested power. Uh, it's, it's the power that was inherent in Christ. Christ already in, had inherent power before He said, Lazarus, come forth. Okay? But when Lazarus came forth, you had kratos. You had manifested power. You had power that was now seen and visible and, 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 and that you could grab a hold of and say, Lazarus, you know, there he is, alive, changed, transformed, resurrected from the dead. Kratos, mighty power, strength that dominates, strength that dominates, mighty deeds. Actually, in the Greek, it actually speaks of violent action and force. Violent action and force. Strength is, strength is, and obvious muscle, okay? You know, some of you guys have more obvious muscles than I do, all right? So, so, so obvious muscle, that, that's, that, that is strength. But power, 
is the ability to use that muscle, that inherent power, that, that inherent strength. It's, it's the ability to use it in a way that even at times can be violent. Okay? In a, in a healthy way, in a, in a positive way. Um, um, you know, we pastored in Iowa for about eight years, and, 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 and wrestling is king in Iowa. Anybody wrestled? High school, college, whatever? Great. You know, and, and I just love watching, not the SmackDown professional wrestling. I had a guy who was an elder in our church in Seattle. His name was Mary, is Marion Watkins, and, and, and he was early on in his, in his 20s and early 30s. He was a professional wrestler, you know. And, and, you know, he was one of my elders, and when he talked, you know, it was like John Wayne. I mean, I mean, he was just just the perfect smackdown kind kind of guy. But but I love to watch high school and college wrestling. There's just something about that one on one, you know, and it's technique. It's not it's not just it's not just muscle power. It's technique, you know. Um, some of you some of you will not relate to this at all, but. Um, when, when I was in high school, um, I, I actually was part of a boxing club, and, and um, I would go to the south end of Seattle, take the bus down to the south end of Seattle, and it was all black kids. And, and it was actually, this boxing club was in the basement of a church, believe it or not. Um, and it was, all, it was all blacks except for me. I was the only white kid, a part of this. And, and it really was good for me. It was very positive for me, and it was a Good thing, and I, I found how to keep my mouth shut when you're, you know, when you're, <laughs> instead of, <laughs> you know, it's not a good idea. I did it too many times, you know, um, and, and, and I learned how to do that. But th- there, was a, there was a guy in our high school, so I, I, I really appreciated boxing, you know. Um, but th- there was a guy in our high school, his name was Lonnie Johnson, and, and Lonnie was this little short guy, um, shorter than me, and, and, and he... Um, uh, you know, he didn't look like much. You know, he looked like Tom. No, <laughs> no but, but he was about Tom's size. <laughs> Sorry, Tom. <laughs> so, so anyhow, you know, um, we, we were at a high school basketball, you know, and I wasn't totally sanctified yet at that point. But anyhow, we were we were at, at at a high school basketball game, and and you know how it is halftime, you know, the guys from from both schools are kind of out in the lobby outside of the basketball arena, you know, and you're everybody's just kind of walking around bumping into people, you know, just showing that you're not afraid of anybody. And then there's this this big guy, this just huge monster guy, goes over and he bumps Lonnie. You know, and we're just kind of all standing around looking at what's going on. He bumps Lonnie, and Lonnie hits him like three times. Boom, boom, boom. And the guy is out like a light, and they carry him into the bathroom, you know. <laughs> and, okay, now that is Kratos. <laughs> that is manifested power. I mean, the guy was three times his size. It didn't make any difference. He had Kratos, all right? He was able to manifest power. And it's one thing to have inherent power. It's another thing to have manifested power. And let me tell you, 
these people, some of these people that Tom was talking about today, that are in prison, are manifesting power like none of us have ever manifested. You know, some of these people who, because they have had the courage to proclaim the name of Jesus, no matter what the cost, you know, and we think, you know, if life doesn't quite go our way, okay, we're going to throw out Jesus because, you know, you know, because things are a little tough or whatever. But these people have counted the cost and said, no matter what it costs us, I'm going to be, I'm going to remain true to Jesus. And some of these people are paying the ultimate price. And they, they have Kratos this morning. They have manifested power. They, they have the power of God that not only is inherent within them, but now is demonstrated through them powerfully. All right? Strengthened with His glorious power for what? Okay? For what? So you will have all the endurance and patience you need. Sometimes we think of the evidence of the Holy Spirit within us. The, whole, the evidence of the Holy Spirit upon us. And, 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 and one of the primary evidences of the work of the Holy Spirit in my life and your life is endurance and patience. And... and um, the concepts of, of endurance and patience, these are, these are two different Greek words. And, and really, one, endurance, uh, speaks of the issue of dealing with things inanimate. Okay, dealing with life experience, de- dealing with, with things that happen to us. Whereas, whereas patience is dealing with people. How many have found that dealing with things are easier than dealing with people? <laughs> Right? Right. But, but, but the reality is that you have both of these areas, endurance and patience. And, and, and Paul says, the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit, I am praying that you will experience the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit so that you will have endurance and patience. Cheerful, hopeful constancy. Undergoing things with perseverance, ability to withstand hardship or adversity, sustained steadfastness under consistent stress. That's, that's the whole concept here. And, 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 and that's what God is calling us to. And that's what our brothers and sisters in, in places in the third world and, and other places all over the world today um, whether they're in Egypt or whether, whether they're in Saudi Arabian prisons or whether they're in Indonesia or wherever they may be, in prison today in China, other places, for the name of Jesus. They have this cheerful, hopeful constancy, this undergoing with perseverance, this ability to, to withstand hardship and adversity, to, to have a sustained steadfastness under consistent stress. A good friend of mine, um, um, I, I might have mentioned him last week. A uh, good friend of mine, uh, in fact, I know I did, because uh, Rhoda had just died on Saturday. I talked to Dorlan on Friday when I was still in Seattle, and and when I got here on Saturday, uh, found out that, that Rhoda had passed. Rhoda 
you know, a couple years old, older than, than I am, got pancreatic cancer. And uh, <clears throat> a couple days ago, uh, they, they had the funeral. And of course, I wasn't there. I was here, so I wasn't at the funeral. But they put it on, on a webcast, which was great. So I was able to actually see the funeral, be a part of the funeral, just by observation. And something was said concerning Rhoda um, in her life, uh, going through this pancreatic cancer, um, and 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 these these are the three words that were said concerning her, that she had courage, dignity, and grace. And that's a beautiful description to me of what what this whole issue of endurance and patience is. Courage, dignity, and grace. And that, that was something that was seen in her life. This, this concept, my goodness, I, you know, I, I wrote down a whole bunch of scriptures and I, I, I'm not sure if we should read them all, but um, let me just read a couple of them. Luke 21, I'm not going to even wait for you to get there. Just listen. Luke 21, 12. But before all this occurs, there will be a time of great persecution. You will be dragged into synagogues and prisons. You will stand trial before kings and governors because you are my followers. Uh, but this will be your opportunity to tell them about me. So don't worry in advance about how to answer the charges against you. <coughs> For I will give you the right words and such wisdom that none of your opponents will be able to reply or refute you. Even those closest to you, your parents, brothers, um, relatives and friends will betray you. They will even kill some of you. And everyone will hate you because you are my followers. But not a hair of your head will perish. Now... <laughs> That seems so outrageous. You know, now be aware here that he's not, Jesus is not talking about the physical realm because he's talking about people actually dying in the process of this. Not, but not a hair of your head will perish by standing firm. Same word. Kratos. By standing firm, you will win your souls. By perseverance. By endurance. By patience, by courage, by dignity, by grace, you will preserve, you will win your souls. Romans, Romans chapter 5. Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ our Lord has done for us. Because of our faith, God has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege where we now stand we, and we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. We can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials for we know that they help us to develop endurance. Endurance develops strength of character. Character strengthens our confident hope of salvation and this hope will not lead to disappointment for we know how dearly God loves us because He has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with His love. And so in the context of, of, of this whole issue of endurance, Paul says, you have this because God has filled you with Himself. It's beautiful. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 3. We live in such a way that no one will stumble because of us. No one will find fault with our ministry. In everything we do, we show that we are true ministers of God. We patiently endure troubles and hardships and calamities of every kind. We have been beaten 
been put in prison, faced angry mobs, worked to exhaustion, endured sleepless nights, gone without food. We prove ourselves by our purity, our understanding, our patience, our kindness, by the Holy Spirit within us, by our sincere love. We faithfully preach the truth. God's power is working in us. Okay, so, so, so here, again and again and again, Paul, Paul is saying the same thing. God's power working within you creates endurance. Okay? Second um, Timothy 2. Because I preach this good news, verse 9. I, I am suffering to be chained like a criminal, but the Word of God cannot be chained. So I am willing to endure anything if it will bring salvation and eternal glory in Christ Jesus to those God has chosen. And this is a trustworthy saying. If we die with Him, we will also live with Him. If we endure hardship, we will reign with Him. If we deny Him, He will deny us. If we are unfaithful, He remains faithful. For He cannot deny who He is. Wow. We endure hardship. We will reign with Him. Hebrews chapter 10. I'm almost done with reading these. Think back, verse 32, on those early days when you first learned about Christ. Remember how you remained faithful, even though it meant terrible suffering. These are brand new Christians. Sometimes you were exposed to public ridicule and were beaten. Sometimes you helped others who were suffering the same things. You suffered along with those who were thrown into jail. And when all of you owned, uh, all, and, and when all you owned was taken away from you, you accepted it with joy. You knew there were better things waiting for you that will last forever. So do not throw away. Listen, listen. Do not throw away. In other words, there were some who were being tempted to do that. This confident trust in the Lord. Do not throw away this confident trust in the Lord. Remember the great reward it brings you. Patient endurance is what you need now so that you will continue to do God's will and then you will receive all that He has promised you. We will not enter fully and mightily into the will of God unless we are willing to patiently endure. One more, Hebrews 12, verse 12, verse 1 and 2, first of all. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips up, trip, trips us up. And let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting Him, 
He endured the cross. He endured the cross. Disregarding its shame. And he is seated in the place of honor besides God's throne. I pray you will be strengthened with his glorious power so you will have something. So you will have endurance and patience. All that you need. Marvelous evidence of the Holy Spirit's work in our life. I want to just close just by sharing uh, momentarily here um, in the next, probably the next five mi- minutes just just to kind of walk through part of the life of Joseph. And I... This, this message is certainly for us this morning. But it is also to honor those who are in difficult places today. Who are with endurance and patience honoring the name of Jesus. And I, I'd just like us to just take a moment right now. And I, I am just so grateful that God gave me this word for today. <laughs> I'm so grateful. <laughs> would you would you take a moment to pray for your brothers and sisters in prison right now that God would fill them with his holy spirit which would give them endurance and patience. Lord, I pray that you will forgive us for oftentimes being spoiled children, having so much, taking so much for granted. We pray for those today who have, in the natural, everything taken away, and in the natural, seems like they have nothing. But as Paul said, I have everything. May we strengthen our weak knees today. May our hands that hang down be lifted up today. May we take courage. May fresh endurance come into our own hearts and lives. But we pray especially for those who so desperately need it today in difficult countries, in difficult places, choosing to pay the price to remain true to Jesus. God, would you be with them today? May you pour your spirit out upon them this morning. May you give them grace this morning. We ask you for that in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Joseph was the 11th son of Jacob. He was young. He's about 17. He was favored, probably overtly favored by his dad, Jacob. Created a lot of problems, actually. Genesis 37, his dad sends him to find his brothers. Joseph spends a lot of time, travels some 80 miles, finally finds him in Dotham. 
You know the story for 20 shekels. He is sold to the Midian, um, Midianite traders. And I want you to picture this. He's walking behind the camels. His, his, his mouth and his, his eyes are full of dust. He's, he's probably roped or chained. And, and he's, he's walking. He doesn't know where. He doesn't know how long he's going to live now. Um, all hope is lost. Satan is talking very fast to him. Nice dreams, Joseph. Nice dreams. Where are they now? And by the way, where's God now? You know, the God that you trusted. The God that you committed yourself. Now, now look at you. Your brothers just sold you into slavery. And here you are, you know, being dragged somewhere where you knew, do not even know where. To what? You do not know what. Does God truly love you? How, how, how could all this be happening? Indignity, sold as a slave. He ends up in Potiphar's house, who was the chief executioner of Egypt and the captain of the guard. He was in a country and a culture and a language he didn't know. You can imagine. You know, if you were if you were now a captive in Saudi Arabia, everyone around you speaking Arabic. <laughs> and uh, and you don't know Arabic. And uh, they're not talking nice to you. <laughs> and you're looked at as a piece of merchandise. You're sold as a slave. I'm sure the first night was a very dark night. But Genesis 39, verse 2 says, And the Lord was with him. <laughs> what a... What, a, what an interesting comparison there. The Lord was with him. The Lord is with our brothers and sisters today in the world. He has not abandoned them. It may look like that on the outside, as it did for, for, for Joseph. But the Lord was with him. And the Lord was strengthening him. We see that. He is in Potiphar's house long enough for Potiphar to entrust all that he had to Joseph. In fact, the scripture seems to imply that the only thing that Potiphar wondered about was what was for dinner. He didn't really wonder about anything else. He didn't really care about what was going on with his property and his lands and his, and his 401k and all that. Joseph was taking care of it all. He, Joseph was there long enough to, to, to gain all of this trust. All right? And everything Potiphar had, he said, I trust Joseph more than I trust anybody else in all the world. You know the story, Potiphar's wife tries to seduce him, Joseph refuses, and then, of course, he is charged with the very sin that he refused to commit. He's thrown into prison, and the scripture in the book of Genesis uh, implies that Potiphar did, did it with great passion and with great anger. You can imagine how he tore Joseph out of his home, this man that he had trusted with everything, and now as far as he was concerned, he had, he had broken all of that trust. He hated Joseph at this moment. He's thrown into prison. Genesis 39, verse 21, But the Lord was with Joseph, 
and showed him his faithful love. <laughs> so Joseph is strengthened with God's glorious power. But listen to me. Joseph had to cooperate with that. You can, you can have innate power. You can have dunamis power. You can have uh, power within. But, but, but Kratos, the, the power that is manifested, the power that is seen, okay? And in Joseph's case, that was a refusal to cave into bitterness and to hopelessness and a sense that, that this is the end of all things and God has abandoned me and, and, and maybe there isn't even a God anymore. And he, he, he lifted his shield of faith against that. Because there is this spiritual battle that goes on in all of our lives. And so... He's in prison. He finds favor there. And eventually, you know, the butler and baker events, the dreams. Um, God gives Joseph prophecies in that very unusual situation. You know, one of the guys is going to die. The baker and, and the butler is going to be restored to his place. And everything that he said comes to pass. And hope surges in Joseph. And he thinks, soon, <laughs> soon, I'm going to be out of this place, finally. You know, certainly this guy is going to go into the king's house and, and, and how can he forget? He would never forget about me. But he did. Totally lost sight of Joseph. Totally lost sight of, 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 of how he had been blessed. And for two long years, Joseph remains in prison. Forgotten. And then one day the Pharaoh has a dream and the light goes on. <laughs> For the cupbearer, he thinks, oh my goodness, <laughs> there's a guy in prison <laughs> two years ago. <laughs> you know, he prophesied this and he prophesied that and it all came to pass and my goodness, you should talk to him. <laughs> you know, so they clean Joseph up, bring him in. Joseph's response is beautiful in Genesis 41. It is beyond my power to do this. But God can tell you what it means. He didn't say, I'm the man of might and power. <laughs> yes, of course I can tell you. <laughs> he didn't do that. He came in very humbly and he said, you know, I can't do this. It's not within my power to do this. But I know that God can do this. You know? What a beautiful thing. Here's this guy... You know, everything has gone bad, 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 bad. Everything in his life is saying, God doesn't exist. This Nothing exists. You know, everything you believed in doesn't mean, mean anything. Everything in your life contradicts the reality that God is there to bless you. But the power of the Holy Spirit had come upon him and he responds to that. He responds to the grace of God in his life. And instead of becoming bitter and resentful and hard and ugly and empty, he remains full. And so when he's called upon, the gift is still flowing. <laughs> the ministry is still there. It's wonderful. And we say, way to go, Joseph. Endurance, patience, steady, firm, faithful, refusing to cave in, never giving up hope. It is such a wonderful evidence of the work of the Holy Spirit in his life 
and in your life, enabling us, enabling Him, filling us, filling Him, leading us, leading Him, empowering us, empowering Him to patiently endure. So take a new grip with your tired hands. Strengthen your weak knees. Make out a straight path for your feet so that those who are weak and lame will not fall but will become strong. Hebrews 12, 12 and 13. Father, this morning as we just close this message today. Our desire is that you would come amongst us. And we pray, we pray that dunamis and kratos would happen in this house today. That you would strengthen people within so that they might live without, with power people whose knees are now weak, people whose hands hang down, people who feel abandoned, hopeless, powerless. May you do something within them and through them that will give them endurance and patience. In Jesus' name. I'm going to ask you to stand with me today. We're going to have the worship people come. And if you need the power of the Holy Spirit in your life today. You need it today. You know your well is empty. (laughs) Your ability to endure patiently is waning or is waned. The lies of the enemy seem to make sense. It can be one of many. Or you're just being buffeted right now. You know, when, when, ta- when, when Paul talks about, in, in Ephesians, about spiritual warfare, he says, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand in the evil day. And there are some days that are more evil than others. <clears throat> and you may be just going through one of those evil days today, and you need, you need someone just to pray for you. And... And I believe there are more than just one or two or three here this morning. I, I sense as I prayed about how I should close this, I really sense there are a number of you today that need endurance and patience. You need inherent power and you need manifested power in your life to walk the walk, to do what God has called you to do, to be what God has called you to be. And you just want prayer. It's not saying you're not a godly person. It's not saying that you don't know the scriptures. It's 
not saying that you're not walking in in um, uh, in obedience to the Lord. It, it's just saying you need the power of God in your life for whatever. I have been there so many times, more times than I can count. If you're here today, please do not be too proud to come up. Pride holds us back many times from ministry. And we've got all kinds of people here today that would love to pray for you, love to minister to you in the name of Jesus. I'm going to hang around as well. And, and there's a number of others, a number of these trained people. Um, and, and so we're, we're going to ask you this morning, as, as worship is happening today, we're going to ask you to come and stand here and people are going to come and pray for you that the Holy Spirit will come upon you so that you might have endurance and patience. Carol, did you?